In light there is dark, and in dark there is light. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Common Ride with me. And I am not loving of any sisters. Kip. <laughs> and made in snarkness, born in snarkness, to cut through snarkness, is Steph. And then, of course, deep, deep feeling, finally back, a thousand different freshes to find one body is david i was i was wondering how long you were gonna go (laughs) before you bailed out i honestly i was so intrigued i could not wait to see where that was going it was perfect but hello everyone hello we are here uh this is our last entry in our uh camaraderie book club series on the original show garo from uh, 2005 2006 and that means that today we are looking at episodes uh, 21 through 25 and uh, Side Story Smile, which is uh, this weird non-canon, but canon, who knows thing. <laughs> it's, it's something. <laughs> it's completely fucking insane is what it is. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't included on the US Blu-ray for some reason. Don't know why. Oh, weird. weird. Hmm. <laughs> Funny that. I mean, it is the best episode, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Really ties yeah. the story together. Oh yeah. It's 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 plot critical lore, in my opinion. <laughs> Somebody heard me saying, hey, they should make Cower more of a character to have her like have more to do. And they're like, okay. Yep. <laughs> but before we talk about that, um we have two things to do, and that is uh first talk a little bit about about uh Halloween. This is our only episode uh, coming out right before then, and then talk about what our uh next book club is going to be about uh so first um less for you david because you um aren't quite in the normal sphere of halloween like i know like you kind of done some stuff before but uh what's everyone do for halloween this year uh we are actually going tomorrow to um the store and try and look for just the most obscene yard decorations we can now that we live way out in the country and nobody can complain um and aside from that, I don't know, the kid's kind of too old to really go trick-or-treating now, so we're kind of just waiting to see if anybody else has any plans that they want us to tag along on. That's good. What about you, David? Any plans for some movies or any kind of Halloween clubbing? No, I mean, like, usually in Shibuya, they have... Okay, well, I gotta explain this. So usually in Shibuya, there's like shibuya halloween where people would all go to shibuya they'd all dress up and it'd be a fucking wild like street party but uh this year the 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 mayor of tokyo was like mm-mm, no mm-mm. shibuya is closed <laughs> it is closed on halloween fuck y'all because you didn't behave the last time we had this because the last time they had shibuya halloween there's like fucking vandalism people were flipping oh, wow. over cars like it got <laughs> like for japan that's fucking wild so, i was about to say that's very american sounding right there so they're like they're like hell no hell no we just opened the borders <laughs> on the 11th and you want people to fucking come here to do halloween hell no so uh i mean usually i didn't go but you know halloween was out and about but mm, now i'm just kind of like yeah another day yeah no that's fun though like i'm glad that like not good trouble um like 
there's some good old fashioned vandalism going on in Japan. It makes me feel proud. I didn't do it, but allegedly, when you don't speak English and you read trick or treat, and you're like, "Well, I didn't get a treat, so trick is what you have to do, right?" Like if you don't understand the the cultural mores of <laughs> of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> what What was your trick? Am I allowed to ask that? Of flipping a car and burning it, I guess. Ah, <laughs> uh, David's trick. <laughs> I love that trick. What a trick! I did not know people actually went that hard on like the like trick or treat like thing. Like a lot of people like just give up. But I'm glad that like there's like a good kind of just let's take this for real. Let's like do this the hard way. That's mm. some real like chaos god energy, and I, I I'm living for it. Honestly, like I'll show you a trick. Thought you liked that car, huh? Yeah, the guy's car, uh, I mean, he, he wasn't super happy about that going down. It's fine. I mean, insurance is a thing. Yeah. If it's not happening this year, his car is the collectible. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think it was like a K truck or something, like a, you know, like a small truck. But, uh, yeah. I'm watching a bunch of horror movies, and I'm also, like, doing the daily kind of recommendations for, like, games and movies and tv shows and that's fun to do uh like these like super small like micro podcasts be like hey you should like watch this movie <laughs> it's good here's some things about how it's filmed goodbye <laughs> but yeah um I'm trying to like enjoy the season but it's also just like it came very quickly this year but also before we saw any Halloween stuff, we saw Christmas stuff. I was like, come on, guy. Let that let, let, let holiday be. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I felt like that happened this year where it was just like Christmas was mm-hmm. immediate. And I'm like, dude, Halloween hasn't happened. Like, it's going to skip right. Halloween. You're going to do Halloween dirty like that? It's pretty bold. That's how you get your car flipped and set on fire. Yeah. The disrespect. Because like, I know that like that Christmas time is like a like theme week basically in Japan. Like it's like not new year's, yeah, but yeah, like, like people like dress up. Right. Yeah. So that's weird. Even that is strange. I'm not, I'm not at all ready to start even thinking about the Christmas season, let alone decorating for it. So I feel like people who do that are just a special breed of person that I don't understand, but I do find fascinating. I would much rather just enjoy the season and like, I'll skip Thanksgiving. That's fine. But, Oh, not it. Yeah, I, I mean, I want Halloween and Thanksgiving. I'm completely indifferent to Christmas, so that's kind of where I'm at. I feel you on that one. I mean, like, Christmas is just kind of such a nothing burger here, really. Like, I don't know. Somebody who's watched a lot of Tokusatsu, there's always a cake and, like, a like thing, and then plot happens. Yeah, okay. Okay. Here's the... Here's... Let me, let me explain why the cake is an absolute fucking ruse, okay? <laughs> oh, I fucking bet, yeah. I want to hear this. So every single place that's like a convenience store or a bakery or whatever will sell you a strawberry shortcake for Christmas. <laughs> that's your Christmas cake, right? But here's the issue, is that when you hear the word strawberry shortcake, half of that fucking word has cake in it short cake no the the problem is that this fucking cake is like 90 fucking percent whipped cream it's fucking garbage <laughs> and they'll have the goddamn audacity to charge you like 30 fucking dollars for a fucking whipped cream ass cake there's no cake in this goddamn cake they might as 
fucking call it short cream because that's all it is. It's a fucking scam. And then they put a strawberry, one singular strawberry on top and call it a strawberry shortcake. Now, I don't know about you, but typically if the first word of something is strawberry, there better be some fucking strawberries on it. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's such a scam. It is an absolute fucking scam. And people just buy it by the droves. It blows my mind. I'm just like, I don't, what the fuck? You know, get revenge on them and start handing out a, what is it that usually gets handed out at Christmas here in America? Like those fruitcakes? I throw it at people. Break their kneecaps. It, yeah, and just try to convince them, no, this is, you know, a, a really special tradition. And get that to catch on. To be fair, to be fair, a fruitcake is not that much <laughs> better than the shortcake, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Oh, no, it's fucking horrific. But I'm just saying, if you're already having a bad time, like, make sure everybody else has a bad time, too. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, no, fruitcake is like one of those things, just like, ah... Uh really underselling how bad it is like fruit and cake sounds like it should be so good right well it's like when you see it's sometimes on reddit they'll like uh post pictures of those old recipes where people put like everything in jello i feel like oh, fruitcake is kind of a relic of that time like when it was perfectly acceptable just to put a bunch of garbage together and put it on a plate and be like mm, gourmet it's like how a lot of people like go to like places like china and they're like how come this food is not like chinese food it's like, well they had like Crisco and some ham. That's what they like made do with mm-hmm. over here, like in yeah. the forties. <laughs> this is like a thing now, but yeah. Oh, you wanted the authentic experience. That's exactly what you're getting, dude. <laughs> this is like local cuisine, but no. Um, I love those like weird little like s- scams that like you hear about like in Japan for like holidays that like aren't like really important, but it's like let's get KFC, let's get get a shitty cake. The fucking worst. <laughs> I love it. I mean, that's probably how like people who aren't from America though feel about if they hear things like about the uh, Black Friday shopping horror stories and stuff like that. They're probably just like, "What is wrong with these people?" Black Friday hasn't been imported, right? Yeah, it has. Oh, it has. Oh God! Last year. So sorry. Last year. Well, it's not the same. We have uh, a thing called decency here, so uh, people line up nicely. I thought that was the the name of the day i was like oh and what's decency about like i was just like okay no like unfortunate like blackface ads then you look back this is 2019 what happened oh Japan? i mean hey the blackface ads don't go away those are those are here to stay um but uh you know people will people love a good line in japan you know like <laughs> there's a saying like if you if you want somewhere to be successful hire two of your friends to stand outside and you'll have a line in 20 minutes because it'll be like, there's people in a line? It must be good. Should we stand here? <laughs> yeah, okay. And then and then it just makes a line. And like they don't even know what they're queuing for. Oh, you got a fast pass. Yeah, and, and just in case anybody is is just even about to reach out on Twitter or anything, David's not saying he supports people in blackface. He's just oh, no, saying no, 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 it's no, no, no. a part of <laughs> what he's seen. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure David said... Um, no cake at all, no whipped cream. Yeah. Get two people, put them in blackface, and the whole country's in blackface. I think that's what you said. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I mean, hey, put two people out of the bl- in front of the blackface store, you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> that's that's just like the worst expression that you hear for in like a cowboy movie. Like, put two people in front of the blackface store. <laughs> but no, uh, 
that's Halloween though. And I think uh this month uh some more bonus episodes coming up. But um for now, let's talk about what we're doing next for the book club though. Okay. I think we'd say we've uh overall been a uh, pretty positive on Garo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of nervous about picking something else because I have enjoyed Garo so much. I've had so many fewer complaints about this show than I've ever had a show that we've watched before. So I'm I'm nervous about anything else trying to live up to that. Yeah, um, I like prepared some ideas for us so we, like we weren't coming into this a conversation blind. But basically, it's like. Mm-hmm. There's some movies like post Garo, post like Deno that also like look at. There's a lot of the like mid 2000s common writers that like a lot of our fans are like super big on because like that's when they were just like very melodramatic like Garo. Um, (laughs) We've done not a lot of Ultraman or like Super Sentai. Um, We never finished the Grid Man animes back when me and Seth were doing them. Oh, that's true. We never really like looked at uh the um big like kaiju movie stuff like the mid nineties like Gamera or like the like one of the continuities of like Godzilla uh or lots of comedy series like Cutie Honey and Akiba Ranger we've both mentioned uh then I had a mystery option uh. <laughs> <laughs> Which Go honestly, on. I think David and I both got kind of stoked about. So, um, only because it was a mystery. Yeah, that's it. That's it. when the that's mystery the is. I'm gonna punch right you in the dick. Mm. <laughs> Suddenly, no, please don't punch appealing. me in the dick. I would appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, so I call that the dark gamble, and um, like I wouldn't tell David what it was, but like he did squeeze out that it's a live action failed kid show dramedy. Oh. Which, like, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck that is. I don't either. It almost sounds like something that it would be a, a situation where David and I would love to hate it. <laughs> Just from your description. <laughs> see, see, I don't know this one even as much as Gar, which is very little. This is just something I know by reputation. Uh, but Oh, so it might end up being a hate watch for all of us. Quite possibly. <laughs> if we really need to we could all like pull the break really need to there but uh we also got uh some listeners uh uh that were uh writing in and um first was um Raphael saying uh check out supernova flashman on youtube it's f- fully subbed in a great season of sometime in my opinion um that's just the uh translated name of flashman it's like an 80s sentai show uh yeah, um, I love the stuff from that era. It's often weird in really interesting ways. Um, well, I mean, if nothing else, like if we've got someone who's requesting it, we can always just do a bonus episode or something on it, too. That's true. Um, I mean, I, I hate to tell people no if they're requesting something specific, so we can always just put things on the back burner that just don't seem reasonable right now. Want to read um what Jesse wants us to look at, Steph? Okay, yeah, let me uh, scroll back down in my chat here. So Jesse said you should check out Common Rider Agito. Agito? How do I say that? Agito. Agito, Agito okay. <clears throat> or Dark Crystal, um, which I feel like, have we talked about Dark Crystal before? The movie that or the series? familiar. I mean, See, I don't remember clearly enough. In the time frame we do all this, like, both probably would work. 
like in like two or three episodes, right? Because that series is only like, like 12 episodes wrong, right? I, I'm not sure. That's an interesting idea. <laughs> does the, does the, because I know there was a, like a Netflix TV series or something, right? Yeah. Did that employ puppets in the yes. same way that, okay. Okay, so it, yeah, I might have heard something about it on like other media before. Is there a cock bulge as big as David Bowie's? Um, you're thinking Labyrinth. Oh, fuck. Well, I mean, Dark Crystal's made by the same people, so, you know. Yeah, no, um. We can watch Labyrinth, too. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just go full in. Uh, no, um, so Dark Crystal and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, which was like an Emmy-winning show that came out in 2019, I guess, that got one season. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Like how Kim Emmy? got defensive like he wrote the show or something. I don't know. I tried my best. Fuck you. It says it won an Emmy. Uh, I mean, that's cool. What's the Emmy for, though? Because there's some of them that are like, you know. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, the best The oh. best show with puppets. Yeah, that one. The Jim you know? Henson Emmy. No, that's not the Emmy they got. But... Best use of a puppet? Like, I'm checking right now. Best fingering methods for a puppet? It won in 2020 for Outstanding Children's Program. Oh. So that's a like real Emmy. Okay. Yeah. Not for we best hand up these. ass. Uh, best oh, Hanson. Nice. That's what they call puppets these days. Hanson. <laughs> best Hanson. You got Kermit. You got Chris. You got uh... Inspector Gadget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go Gadget, go. The Hansons. You know. <laughs> we should watch the live action Inspector Gadget movie. <laughs> Does that exist? <laughs> yeah, yes. there's two of them. There's two of them. Good God! Yeah, we gotta do that. <laughs> Wait, do you, hang on. Isn't it played by, um... What's his name? Uh, Kyle MacLachlan is uh, Claw. No, but the, uh... The, uh... The Inspector Gadget himself is uh, Matthew Broderick, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Matthew Broderick as the fucking Inspector... At least in the first one i don't know about the second one i like hung out with matthew broderick one summer wait story. what like no. oh, okay not hung out that is the wrong <laughs> we held hands it was the best summer of my life he, he just watched ferris bueller like 30 times one summer and decided that <laughs> I, he hung I, out I really with felt matthew like broderick. I michelle trenenbaum's penny damn uh <laughs> okay so um my summer with Matt, um, I uh, was working at a coffee shop that uh, serviced a theater festival. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> How is this not what your podcast is about, first off? So that was the summer where I worked um, in the coffee shop in the early morning. I worked at the bookstore in the morning to afternoon. Then from the afternoon to the night, I worked at the Hindi movie theater. So I just like go and work like 14 hour days. but like walk 100 feet to job two walk 100 feet to job three on like the same street and that was fun but um <laughs> you're starting your own like toku series just describing that it was a fun time um <laughs> are you kauru he is yes they often call me a big kauru that's what they say <laughs> <laughs> that was his nickname at work <laughs> yeah ah oh, kauru yes here you go <laughs> uh, but no um so one day 
I like announced like a like coffee and I was like, oh, like coffee for Matthew. And then I was like, oh, that's that's Matthew Broderick just starts that coffee. And then I like a couple like days later, like gave him coffee. We said, oh, like I liked your play. And he was like, thank you. And then like we just like chatted every once in a while. And then like one time, like he said like to me, like, thank you for your help all summer. Like at like the end of summer when it was like the whole thing was like ending and I like it like helped him find some books and stuff. That's all. That's actually a pretty wholesome story. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> great job. <laughs> I really was expecting this to turn like some weird way, just you know, because of your sense of humor. But that was actually really good. No, I served him coffee that helped him find some books one time. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker is his wife, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, because I was yes. gonna say Sarah Michelle Go, but that's wrong. Um, they came in for a like movie that was fun. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. So. <laughs> I've heard she's pretty uh, nice in real life, too, so. I dealt with a lot worse people at that movie theater. <laughs> let me tell I can you. imagine. <laughs> when uh, you are at a movie theater that is not showing movies by pedophiles, and it's like indie movie theater, people get mad. They're like, well, why can't this pedophile be here? And you're just like, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> because little kids also sometimes come to see these movies? How about we don't? Thanks. No. Um, <laughs> so, Inspector Gadget, on the list. Um, yeah, I'm here for it. I'd watch that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, Kamen Rider Agoto is a fun series. It's it's in a weird place because it's like half like a murder mystery show and half like a rumination on like the development of psychic potential in like teens. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's kind of the sequel to Kamen Rider Kuga, except for they kind of give up partway through and they're like, what if we just had like these ancient puzzles? boxes i mean that seems very kuga-esque to just give up in the middle of the season right uh, oh yeah no. <laughs> i mean i'm not even trying to like give a spicy take here <laughs> i'm just saying no um that fits in like the drama portion of the common writer mm. um and then david uh want to read what antiopod said Sure, yeah. It says, uh, hey guys, I really love the show. For the next series, you should look at Common Rider Fies, like Kip said, or go back to Power Rangers. In the past few years, shows like Dino Fury are the best the show has been since the 90s. I agree, Dino Fury is pretty good. That's the one that's, like, in space now, right? Um, oh wait, no, I'm thinking Wild Force. Dino Fury might be something else. No, Wild Force was like 2000. That was like 20 years ago. Dino Is Dino Fury more recent? So in the past like 12 years, they started doing two seasons per show because they want to skip like train seasons and stuff, basically. Because no one in America gives a shit about trains. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. They don't want to see a like train get a boner. <laughs> Weird. I mean, hey, d- you don't get to choose your kink for me. Yeah, exactly. Don't yuck my yum, mister. Thank yeah. you. So like 2019, I think, 2018, but um, they did a second season for this cast, but like they like brought back a bunch of people like Zed was back for an episode or two. They have like a bunch of stuff going oh, on. Oh, this one. I remember seeing this on, t- on uh, well, not on TV, but I remember seeing it in like all the toy sections when it was airing. Yeah. Um, cool suits. I do like the suits. The They look neat. I would love to do like a a like imperative thing one day of like a, a like show that's come out in like multiple places like um here's like a a like power rangers and like a sentai that's also like a long form thing unless it's like super condensed but um 
Yeah, we did something kind of similar to that, right? With um, weird. Oh, wait, it's oh, called. What was that show we watched? Jungle Fury and uh, Geki Ranger. Yeah, that's. I believe so. That's one where like we watched the Japanese version and the American version and kind of compared them. What are you saying, David? Well, I just I just thought it was weird that it was called Dino Fury when the original series it's based off is has is like a night theme and mm-hmm. not like it's not dinosaurs. It's like dragons. Oh, interesting. No, they're dinosaurs. Well, then why is it called Kishiryu Sentai Ryu Soldier? But Kishiryu <laughs> is, is Ryu is literally dragon. I remember people wanted it to be dragons and they were like disappointed because like it was like the fourth dinosaur series and the second one in like eight years or something. Because hmm. a couple years before there was like a Mexican dance and like dinosaurs themed episode. Sweet. Oh. <sighs> Gracias, dead mans. Um, <laughs> but no. that, that'll live on forever, won't it? Yeah. Um, That's interesting. I'd love to like even do something like look at the show that like the original pirates based off and be like why is there these weird gnomes here what's going on <laughs> or i know that uh comrider dragon knight was based off of comrider ryuki and it was like the super low budget show that also won an emmy i think for like stunt work oh wow yeah but its budget was really bad it really didn't work out because they were like trying to kind of do it seriously but it just kind of came off like uh mid-season like (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh that's fair and um what I do know though is that that series like so when the adaptation came out in Japan they got the original voice cast for the characters that like have been adapted so like the like Knight Rider the guy who voiced him like who played him in Japan voiced him in the Japanese dub of the American show okay and that show was way more popular and got like spin-off novels and got like its own theme song that like oh I... shit <laughs> yeah hmm. that never came out in America um so like somewhere on a board there is like me saying let's do the year of mirror where we just look at uh the um <laughs> this show then it's like then the show based off of it and like some of the dub because that's like a really like weird thing to me like i've like watched the like american shows japanese theme song is like by like an actual band they like had this whole like uh rage themed like club with like naked girls dancing like music video for is like spiral mirror oh my huh yeah i was like this is so cool (laughs) so dumb (laughs) so cool and so dumb are two of my favorite things about most things no um so to summarize, um, Flashman, Dark Crystal, Kamen Rider Agito, some of the Power Rangers, um, and then Kamen Rider That's a good series. Um, it is definitely heavy in the drama, though. It is just a drama, and sometimes you're like, oh, there's three minutes left of the episode. Are they going to do Kamen Rider shit? Like, yep. Don't worry, we got it. <laughs> but taking into account uh, what people have like, um, like wrote in and other stuff, um, what are people feeling are like their one or two ideas of what we should do next? I don't know. Just everything that you just described, like all of it sounds super fun. Um, So it's really hard to kind of narrow it down. I don't know. Like I said before, I kind of like the idea of doing a comedy just because we haven't done one yet. Um, But on the other hand, um, the 
I'm going to say it wrong again, Agito sounds... Yeah, no, that's correct. Oh, thank you. Um, that one sounds super interesting also. Um, you know, I'm I'm very much along for the ride. You've never, like, shown me a series yet that I have not ended up enjoying in one way or another. So, honestly, I don't have a very strong opinion. I just have a couple of, yeah, well, maybe one day. What are you trending towards, like, David? Like, it's not to be on this list or the stuff, just... Um, I mean, it's for me, it's a little bit hard to say because, like, I feel like, um, you guys have watched more as a book club than I have. Um, but one thing about when we watched something like Deno was that it was like nearing the end of the series, it got to the point where I'm just like, this is a fucking hassle to like watch because I wasn't enjoying watching it. So if there is stuff that is like enjoyable to watch and it's like 50 episodes long, that's great. But if there's something that like nose bombs, you know, dive bombs at fucking episode 25 and then you have 25 more episodes to go, it's like that, that just sucks. It just kills my enjoyment. So like something super long that's also bad is like immediately I'm like, no, I don't even want (laughs) to engage with that. Even, even on like a, this is interesting to analyze level, but like if it's, if it's something that's like, I don't know, like you're saying like a revise where it's like weird, like fucking just like, you can just sit there and be like, what, what is this? That's, that's kind of like fun. If it's just like kind of middling and like whatever, like it's not bad. It's not good. It's just kind of, then that just sucks. But I don't know enough about Fize or Agito to make like a call as to like which one's good. Fize uses a cell phone and press presses five three <laughs> times like that. Like that's the extent <laughs> of the knowledge I have about Fize, right? I assume there's a bike because it's common rider, but like outside of that, I have no idea. Ooh, yeah. Um this is hard because like on one hand, I have a super soft spot for like those like five years before like come rider hibiki where every show is great in its own way but also mm-hmm. it's been forever and they're like totally melodramatic in a way where i'm not sure how well they've aged uh, for some of them um i would definitely lean towards that or like something like fun like let's look at like like inspector cashier dark crystal uh but <laughs> right I, I, would, I would be totally down with Dark Crystal because, like I said, I do, for some reason, have some residual knowledge of it in my head, but I cannot recall one thing about that. Just a quick temperature check. How are people feeling about the mystery? And if you each had one question to ask about it, what what would you want to know? Are you talking about the mystery show that you refused to tell us? Yes. <laughs> okay. My question, my question is, in this show, are there transformations do people transform from one thing to another thing yes i think you think okay so my question would be is there going to be um some sort of uh relationship or romance whatever that just completely goes unresolved because i'm kind of getting annoyed with that i'll be honest um I've never seen a straight take on this show. Okay, well, I'm kind of into that. So S- straight as in straight as in heterosexual, or straight as in like okay, yes, okay, just yes. I have to clarify. <laughs> here for it. Here for it. 
Okay. Um, and I will not ask a question because I know what it is, but this starts <laughs> a legacy of a certain production team that echoes Toku to this day and uh, known for its fucked up Um. So what? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm uh, just based off that alone. I'm kind of like mega curious now. So we're leaning between maybe like a common rider, maybe like Dark Crystal, maybe this mystery show. I think this mystery show might be in the middle between those two. I do want to say uh, one fun thing we could do is we could totally do like Kamen Rider Ryuki and then at some point in the future be like, now we're going to look at the like American adaptation and like look at how that went too. So that's like another option of like we could start the work of what's going on in culture there but um okay so what do people want to do i want to know about this mystery like you've set up this mystery show in a way that like i how do we not pick it right I, I'm, I'm very <laughs> I much like deeply you've, intrigued you've fucking now pigeonholed us into <laughs> not in if we don't pick it that's just the wrong choice now i don't want to okay how about kip you bastard do we need a special like emergency valve? Or if I should like reveal this show and people run away screaming, we just uh, switch over. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like that's a really fair way to handle it. Okay, so this. <laughs> okay, uh, this show um had some issues in its production. Uh, it was cut down from fifty-two to thirty-nine episodes. Um, oh wow! The writer is Toshiki Inoue. Um, who is known for writing Dragon Ball Z, Dirty Pair, City Hunter, um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Inoue? Yeah. Inoue. Inoue. My bad. Um, Jetman, Comrade Kuga, Time Ranger, Comrade Agito, Comrade Yuki, Comrade Fies, Comrade Blade, Comrade Heavy, Comrade Kabuko. He wrote Kuga? Comrade Kiva. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So I've seen a lot of his work before, actually. The second, like, Garo movie, uh, or, like, TV show. Um, he also uh, yeah. has wrote many novel versions of Kamen Rider shows, oh. or, like, consulted on them. Like, I know there's, like, very famously, like, a novel of Kamen Rider Ryuki where he meets a guy who reminds... He meets a girl who reminds him of his mom and loses his virginity in, like, an alleyway in the rain. Oh, my. That's uh, just the book. But uh, that's all not important because you've picked a show that is halfway between Garo and Inspector Gadget, everyone. Nice. You have picked Choco Sechi Changer On. I wouldn't have pronounced it like that, but that is true. That's So Shining Super Soldier Changer On is a toku show uh, in its own league. <laughs> all I can say is that this is a show. I'm gonna find us some uh, art really quick. Uh, this, this. Can I read the plot synopsis? Yes. The Dark Zide stealthily appeared on Earth from their dying world in Dark Dimension to acquire the Larmu, human life energy, to continue their existence. To counter the threat, threat Takeshi Munukata of the Cabinet Secret Service established the group Psydoc to intercept Darkseid. Psydoc developed the crystal power needed to complete the Changerion project. Yes. However, the power was accidentally transferred into the body of Detective Akira Suzumura. 
So I don't want to talk too much about this show. I'm going to share you a picture of uh, our hero. He is a weird looking dude, is what I will say. Um, Changerion is a crystal soldier. Oh. Oh, he kind of looks cool. He's like if fucking Robocop fucked Carbuncle from Final Fantasy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is a strange show, is all I could tell you. Uh, fashion wise, humor wise, uh, do we want to do this show? This is 1996 and at the height of its, this is a low point and a high point all at once. <laughs> I kind of like, I've never heard of this show. I've never heard of anyone talk about it. So I'm kind of like, what the hell? Like, what the hell is this? I kind of want to know more about it because like stuff like, um, Fies and Agito are like, more well known obviously so like i i know through osmosis a little bit more about them like relatively but this is like something completely unknown to me so i'm kind of like it could be good yeah i'm with I david also i mean it. yeah even if it turns out that we hate it i mean we've gotten some pretty good takes on shows that we hated the plots of before so i don't know how it's out there i don't know if it's funny i don't know if it's scary but I know it's out there. That's all I know. <laughs> I guess that's it. Um, that is Changer On. And if after one episode we feel like there's nothing here for us, there's nothing to talk about, we can watch Inspector Gadget for all I know. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's an option, right? We can always pull the plug on something. Yeah. And the wiki says it's a comedy drama, so it'd probably be pretty <clears throat> similar to shows we've watched in the past. As long as it's funny, I don't care, right? Like, if, right. if, it, if it has me laughing. It's... I'm wondering if the drama might make us laugh more than the comedy. I mean, hey, sure. Probably. I mean, it kind of seems like it's set up that way. <laughs> okay. Uh, that is it. Changer on, everybody. 1996. Uh, the first couple episodes are on YouTube for free, the Toei Tokusatsu Network. But um, we're going to try and bang it out in a... Uh, chunks uh six episodes and that would be seven episodes and then like six like alternating oh if we do it in seven episodes that would be five and some weeks would have more so let's do six the first week sounds good so all right so in two weeks we will talk about choices as i change her on and see what's up with it are the first three i think you're on toy talks that's two on youtube but beyond that uh go with god Crab God. Crab God. That all out of the way. Um, uh, let's talk about what we're here to talk about, which is uh, the end of uh, Garo 2005. Oof. Yeah. Quick vibe check. How's everyone feeling? You know, this whole show was a ride, and I, I think this is the first show we've watched where I'm actually very okay with the ending. I, I, yes. I haven't I, I can't find anything to complain about like and I feel like I haven't really gotten that with a lot of the things that we've viewed in the past but this one was actually just really all of the episodes were really well done so be, you know, you're not going to catch a bad attitude from me on this one <laughs> uh yeah man Hippicky's ending too bad I'm still mad about it so <laughs> how was your vibe at David I thought, like, 
as far as an ending could go to this series because where we were last week compared or not last week but last time compared to now i'm like okay there's like five episodes left like they need to wrap this up in a way that is satisfying but also bombastic in the way that the previous stuff has been and i think that they did a pretty fucking good job all things considered yeah i enjoyed how much this show took its time in these last episodes but also was like also we took our time so good have so much space let's jam some shit in here at the end Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there, but yeah. Let's talk about uh, this first episode, though, which is episode 21, Magic Bullet, which uh, I cannot get over <laughs> for so much of this episode, but I just um to break it down. Uh, we start with a uh, security guard in a, a, a like war museum who sees a dude who's like going up to like, an old German handgun. He's like, who are you? And he's like, oh, it's just you, sir. And then the guy has the gun and he shoots him with magic yes, bullets. With magic, magic demon bullets. And then we cut to Kaoru and Koga being cute as they hike. And then Koga's like, hey, Kaoru, have you seen House Moving Castle? And she's like, yes, <laughs> that's where we're at, right? Yep, that's the exact dialogue. Good memory on you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're in the field that he likes. And she's like, oh, this is great. And they're very cute here. I like this. Yeah, I, I liked how they kind of showed how close they've become without being over the top about it. Just right. genuinely enjoying each other's company. It's a nice little sweet moment, but they don't dwell on it. Like, it's it's really well done. Because this is immediately after they cure her of the, I'm going to explode disease. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that is just what anime Toku is like. Oh, no, my mom had I got explode disease as she died. It was terrible. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like I like like it's small things like being together, talking, mm -hmm. lightly holding her. It's like oh, it's just like they're awkward, but also like post their issues. It wasn't like the last episode was going to be like I I did lie to you, but it's because I love you anyway. Shows off the air. Yeah, they they really stayed true to their characters even through the ending, which I, I feel like a lot of series struggle with. So that's why I said it was a really good ending because it neither of them like went crazy or did anything that was off the books for what they've been showing this entire series. So it it was it was cute, it was understated, and it was just I thought really well done. Next we see Gonza is like getting some groceries and he has like his like bread out the top and some leaves. He's like, dude, dude, dude I have this weird fucking picture of me and Kaoru and Koga. When we take this picture, I don't know. For some reason, in his groceries, yeah, and just staring at it like someone who hasn't seen them in ten years, which was I don't know. Bizarre. Okay, like maybe the, the, like this came out in what two thousand six, so right? like Sears portrait or something. Yeah, like maybe maybe he like went to print some film photos. Like I don't know, that was a thing. <laughs> Why is she dressed like that? I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, well. He bumps into the bullet guy. Yes. Captain Handgun. And he gets a red letter that tells Koga, 444. Four, four. four means death. Come to the Winter Gate tonight. Oh, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, it does. 
And then, like, we see this dude just, like, come up to some drug dealers and be like, you're trash, right? And they're like, what the fuck, dude? We're just hanging out. <laughs> we weren't even talking to you. And here we see the difference between uh, gun culture in Japan and America, where this was just a lot scarier, I think. <laughs> Somebody, mm-hmm. for, like, from a Western country where this is real. Right. <laughs> just shoot some point blank. They're like, oh, we're going to beat you up. And then he's like, you better call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> and then he pulls out a fucking pistol. Fucking guy shoots some kids with a Nazi handgun. It's like a <laughs> growing concern in my life. Yeah. yeah. But then uh, Koga has till sunrise to cut the guy down when he comes to this plaza. And the guy is like, sword versus gun. Has humans evolved? Have we learned to fight? And then he's like, is like, Koga, what do you think? And then he's like, I can't hear you. And his handgun parkour <laughs> boy is to show up like he's fucking Ruteros. <laughs> yeah, he's got his, his handgun zombies. We're like, my question is, okay, like, in Japan, it is very difficult to get a gun. Like, extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Are those, like, manifested handguns? Did, did he manifest Glock 9s? Like, Has to be. I mean, he was working at a war museum, so maybe it's, like, stuff there. I guess? So, I know there's, like... Oh, sorry, Steph. What were you saying? No, I was just going to say, it, it with museums, isn't a lot of that like replicas anyway? That was the part that kind of like stuck in my mind. Like, can you really just walk into a museum I, and grab an actual working gun? I would assume that at a museum, they either like fill in the barrel with like concrete or like take out the firing pin or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I guess all bets are off when it's magical bullets, right? Yeah, I guess. I know that Japan is like very good airsoft gun so maybe it's like airsoft plus some magic equals a real gun fair enough all right yeah they, i be, yeah. i believable i mean i didn't know this until fairly recently but apparently airsoft was invented in japan due specifically to the fact that you could not buy guns okay. oh i didn't know that Interesting. yes because like i do feel like guns in japan just have a different gun culture like it exists but it's kind of more like samurai swords or like mall weapons it's like guns in Japan are like fetishized in a way that they aren't in America. Yeah. It's it's weird. Like it's similar. It's on like the same wavelength, but it's not quite the same thing. It's almost like how martial arts is fetishized in like America. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly oh, that it. That's a sense. good comparison. Okay. That makes sense. Because like, oh, like look at this thing this country like we're connected to does. Um yeah, um, and then Koga says, well, boys, as they're all, like, pointing their guns at him, have you all seen Equilibrium? And they're like, what? And then he <laughs> just does a bunch of flips and stuff. <laughs> I loved that, um, throwing his jacket up in the air and distracting him in that way. That was just, like, such a classic American movie move. Uh, I just, I, I dug the hell out of that whole battle. It's pretty good. This whole fight's incredible, because, like, through the hallways, he's like, blocking bolts and like deflecting them back at people and like there's just seem to be like jumps in the middle of a conference room just like that's how he's like oh we can't get him he's at a conference room <laughs> oh no not the conference room oh and he started up zoom impossible they respect meetings in this country <laughs> he found our weakness the conference room i've got an appointment a lead appointment <laughs> 
though like if like the horrors are things that people are scared of they're like sins they're horrific it's kind of like funny not haha to be like oh and in japan they find it horrifying the idea that a bunch of people would just have handguns and shoot people <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you know like normal people should but uh but eventually koga makes it to this room and he, and he fights this gun themed whore as like a gun head and a gun hand and then he finally beats it but then he gets shot because the guy's like i'm not a whore i'm a makai knight hunter and guns are tools to kill people here's this cool fucked up like weird gun can you beat me <laughs> let's have a pistol duel yeah i was i mean until you get to the part where you kind of figure out where this guy's coming from it was really difficult to even try to understand what was happening because like with the horrors up to this point we've always known like they've got one goal so with this whole thing it was i mean it was a really fun episode because i didn't know like why or you yeah. know what the whole thing behind it was so I, I think it made it all the better to finally get like that payoff toward the end yeah it was interesting because like the other horrors would like immediately just turn into horrors and eat people but he never right. transforms so you're like what's his deal like i don't mm-hmm. yeah then it turns and, out uh not a horror yeah and that was such a great twist like i never expected that or to have that callback from an earlier episode so it was really cool i do think it's interesting how much the show calls back to its like earlier plot lines like in this last set like way more than i thought they would connect them honestly mm-hmm. yeah because i haven't seen that in in any of the series we've watched so far like they might make an offhand remark here or there to things but for this show to actually like take the last handful of episodes and start really reminding you of what it has been up to this point was really interesting I like how the monster just like looked like a xenomorph from Alien, just like full on like backhead. <laughs> but its head is a gun. <laughs> uh, that's good design. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Um, I also got to say props to Zaruba for mm-hmm. fucking catching a goddamn bullet in his teeth. Yeah. Oh my god, he was so great these last few episodes. I just absolutely fell in love with his character all over again. Props to Koga for when he like. When he fucking, like, puts his arm on, like, he just bounces a bunch of bullets off his titties. He's just like, da-da. <laughs> he, he had his own dance going on there. Can't hate on it. Like, old school, like, Wonder Woman. It was kind of great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forget if we mentioned, but this guy's the father of the finger lady. Oh, yes, of, yeah, of yeah, sorry. Uh, serial killer murder lady. Yeah, Nico Robin. Previous. And, aka one of my favorite horrors we've had so far so i, yeah. I think I, I particularly enjoyed it because of that like i thought she was such a great character anyway so to have her dad come back and kind of go through the storyline that he went through was very dope yeah and the episode has the stinger though of Kaoru has a henna neck tattoo <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And that pretty much gets ignored in this episode for the most part. It's how they end it, though. She, like, collapses. That goes in episode 22, Mark, which Mm -hmm. I... (laughs) It took me a minute to realize Mark Musashi wasn't his name in the show, so I was like, oh, it's the Mark episode. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Mark's here. Don't worry, that will be addressed in episode 26. Yes. But yeah, um... Her neck tattoo is only showing up in mirrors, and it's a gate that could summon the ultimate horror, 
Messiah as they look at the Book of the Black Knight. And basically, he got the book that let him eat horrors. If he eats a thousand, he confuses Messiah to become like an unkillable being, like a god, basically. Uh-huh. I knew this was called like the Book of the Black Knight. Before we started, I wanted to know why. I was like, I like what's going on here, like with like Kiba and stuff. And now it's like, they're going to do different plot lines. Like the way mm-hmm. the show ends too is like, oh, there's going to be another. And like, I know there is like a sequel series that brings everyone back. So. Oh, I didn't realize that. It, it makes sense, though. I mean... Why the hell aren't we watching that, then? <laughs> yeah, why wasn't that an option? What the fuck, Kip? <laughs> if episode one of Changerod is a real mess, we'll just watch the movies up to the second series of Lagara. How's that? Fair enough. <laughs> yep, sounds good. Oh, man. Now that I'm thinking about it, like, a Garo movie would be fucking awesome because it would have, like, all the budget to do cool special effects and, like, wirework shit. I know there's one that is just like he's basically doing Alice in Wonderland. Oh, huh. cool. yeah. So I don't know. All right, sorry. Anyway, that was that was a sidetrack. I didn't mean to sidetrack us there. So Barago lost his family to horrors, but he liked power too much while hunting them. So I checked to make sure, and I guess he was a Makai knight, but like, and he had black armor, but he wasn't. Garo. He just had like no. a sword and armor that had no station, like a hedge knight kind of basically. I mean, they say that he was like uh Tiger's protege. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't gonna be Garo. No. So I guess they're just like unnamed suits. Like, oh, like you haven't earned a name yet. Like it's like the sword doesn't have a name because it's not major, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So would that put him on the level of like Ray? Or is he just kind of like untitled altogether. I think he's untitled before he gets like the Kiba suit. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. It, the hierarchy of this is very confusing to me. So I'll probably be asking a lot of questions. Yeah. It seems like the, um, you get some kind of endowment when you become like a named knight that you might not get as like a normal dude. Maybe like later on we'll see somebody who's like, oh, and I like earned a name or something. Oh, that makes sense. Not too sure of that, but um, I do like how it's like he meets this book, though. And it's got this cross-shaped scar, which meant he would die in seven days and that he didn't. So everyone thought he was dead. So then um, we see Golm and Kodama getting ready to leave. And Parago brings a body for Golm and we see them become um, not children as they go into the body and they become a lady instead. Yeah. Yeah. That very bizarre. I mean... Kind of learned to expect bizarre shit from them anyway, but uh, that that for a second I was like, can I watch this? <laughs> it was a lot to handle at once. <laughs> we see that Kaoru gets copies of her dad's book from the mural school, but the last page is blank. She's like, there's no gr- character growth or lesson in this Gonzo. What should I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the line. I don't know how you have such yeah. a great recall of what happened in these shows, but you're on it. No, but she sees instead that Gonza's laughing really hard at some children like drawing. He's like, look at these little shits. They can't draw. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it was a very um like understated Gonza way to cheer her up. Like it, that's just the type of person he is to be like oh, hey, look at this thing, like, distract you with a shiny object so he doesn't have to directly address your feelings with you. So it was very uh, 
in character, I thought. Yeah. Wait, have we skipped ahead an episode now? No, we're still on Mark. Are you sure? Uh, no. Um, in mental breakdown is when Golem gets the body. My bad, but the rest happens in Mark. My bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so never mind. Whoops. The body stuff happens next episode. But here is where we see the page because there's actually no enemies in the episode. We're just like seeing the backstory. Right. Yeah. Of yeah. There's no fighting in this episode basically at all. But uh, we see the scar man look at Cowher. She's like, "Oh no, is that the the very creepy like?" encounter out of the childhood where he was like you're six years old you're six person met today here's six flowers oh yeah that was so weird too but he marked her and now he's trying to find her she goes to meet with koga and like he's like i can't cut you down and there actually is some fighting because parago shows up and beats the boy's asses oh yeah <laughs> right yeah he does whip their ass hey, and then they connect that he's been leaving the items that are making horrors so he'd have like stuff to eat basically to like level up enough to right yeah he's he's been you know kind of the evil not, not like the evil mastermind but he's been like you know he's been pushing things in yeah. his evil plot for what the past like what are you saying like the past like six years or something 15 years something like that yeah, yeah. it was really a, a good uh take to throw into the story though i i enjoyed that twist well i do like that they like you said before um that they tie it back to like previous episodes in ways you wouldn't imagine because like mm -hmm. in previous episodes when Cowder's talking about it, she's like oh yeah i had this like really weird encounter with a horror when i was a kid and then it shows what that encounter actually was mm-hmm mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, this makes sense now. Like, and right. it also makes sense now that you know that he's her, uh, fucking what's it called, um, her psychiatrist, and he's been paying her to kind of like keep a close eye on her and kind of like cultivating her through through time as like this, you know, kind of guiding figure. It's like, okay, like yeah, there was there was the crumbs of the the trail there, but you just didn't have all the information, right? Well, and I like that because I think that one thing that all three of us have agreed on through the series is that dude was a fucking creep. And yes. we could not figure out, like, <laughs> why he disturbed us so much. So to have it, like, tie into the story that well, I was absolutely blown away. I was like, this is exactly what I wanted for him. I wanted to be justified in my hatred. And he played that off just so well. <laughs> it ties back mm -hmm. well to previous episodes like it just it does a good job of looping back around it really does we get the scene of koga talking with ray in the hyperbolic dom chamber and he's like hey i'll help you then koga's like yeah but don't talk back or i'll spank you and he's like okay yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. it was a very homoerotic scene yeah the exact line was if you talk back to me ray i'll spank your bare butt back in balls He's like, all right, sure. <laughs> but make sure you use my favorite lube first, please, and thank you. My sister. That's too many sense. It's everything. It's everything. Oh, uh, well, some tension gets added, too, because um, Heavenly after, like, Koga sees Gonza and Karu come, and he's like, only people in my heart can enter here. And, like, Ray's right there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> after I he's mean, he just might, got done trying to be tough with him yeah like it, it really added to the whole homoerotic vibe that entire scene had beforehand uh well like maybe it's like 
only Makai Knights and people in the heart of the Makai Knight. Right. Like, yeah, that kind of thing. He then summons the armor to just like show it to her, like old school Power Ranger stuff. It's like, here you go, look at it. But don't touch it, you'll die. That was so bizarre to me that he waited until her hand was literally almost on it to say anything. Like, you've been watching her the whole time. You saw where this was going. Please be more responsible with your armor. But she gets to see it. And then she says, stories have endings. And this story is going to have something. You're like, damn, cowers spitting. <laughs> Play queen. Have you read a book before? <laughs> Nobody in the show could read. It's been established. No, that's not true. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, because they were all obsessed with that picture book. That's not true. Koga, Koga reads the letters that get sent to his house in the language that they made up. Okay, can he read Japanese? <laughs> Nobody mm. can prove that. You know what's weird? I don't ever remember there being much actual Japanese text in the show that anyone reads. That's true. I think the only time that it really came up was when uh, on the last episode where we had yeah. the uh, the monk's daughter and I asked you what her kanji meant. But aside from that, like it has not really been a thing in this series. Just not important, I guess. Nobody's like texting here. Like, There's no like phone type here. Um, no, no, no. Fucking weirdos. One fun thing here is that we get the old ending again with like a remix like rap theme. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's cool. <laughs> It did have a beat to it. I it's liked like, it. One thing you don't know why my heart's never gonna fly again. <laughs> like that. I think that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, you're right on top of it with remembering exactly what was said. So, yeah, good one, Kip. Anyway, <laughs> oh, episode twenty three is called Mental Breakdown, and I love that. I love when a show just like also <laughs> a lot of shits happen, but here's the bad one. <laughs> Really? Because it has, like, multiple different names. Because, like, on the wiki, it's called Heart Destruction. So I guess, you know, <laughs> Mental Breakdown, Heart Destruction. Hey, okay. I put down in my notes what comes up in the episode. I put down on our outline what comes up in the wiki. So, you know, true. I mean, so the kanji in the, whatever, it doesn't really matter. The kanji that's used is heart in the name of the episode so it sounds like heartbreak is what it's supposed to be okay yes you got it translation it. is hard as we will see in episode 26 but it's not it the the kanji isn't to break the kanji's like destroy like it's oh, like God. the it's the same kanji uh from like um when like akuma uses his fucking <laughs> super move that's like supposed to obliterate you it's miss misatsu yeah it's like, like destroying okay. something it's a violent kanji or like obliteration wow yeah it's like heartbreak is like more treated like oh look at this thing that happened to you oh no one side of your heart is an inch longer <laughs> my life's so hard <laughs> uh okay uh this is where golem gets a body it's just some lady that's like goth um and then in the rubble ray sees his dad's polyjuice potion it's like what's this like, oh no, was my sister my dad this whole time? Then why? She... Wait, which one was I in love with? Oh, <laughs> my sister oh, was no. my dad, and she <laughs> called me daddy. <laughs> Ouroboros. Um. Anyway, uh, Cal was trying to draw the last page of the book when the boys go to the West Watchdog, who's just some dude in 
vaguely western and according to japan monk scrolls back in the day vibe yeah yep he's just like i'm a priest guy maybe yeah 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 it was he's like yo go kill that dude okay cool okay yeah (laughs) okay whatever you say then here's where we find out that the crossface guy is also the therapist as he like breaks all the talismans and like gonza's hip and takes kaoru yeah and then like the boys get in front of his car and he just beats their asses and then at the end golem is just like why didn't you kill me he's like i want somebody to look forward to when i'm god yeah yep. and then creepily like pulls Karu against him and starts stroking her head again i was like okay like the first time it was kind of understandable because you felt like you were like getting your possession from the bad guy or whatever but the mm-hmm. fact that you keep doing it fucking relax guy <laughs> yeah well a nuclear family is two parents and two and a half kids and here this is um one parent three parents and two kids so you go for well technically it's like four <laughs> parents ah uh, the triple mom it's it's a lot does mark does mark musashi count as one of the kids yeah he does i think very specifically he does because yeah he is the child so you know, we're talking about episode 23 yeah yeah, now we're on to mental breakdown. Yeah. Are we just going to like not talk about what happens at the end of that episode? I was saying that um now we're on to when Gom gets the body in episode 23. My bad. I, I see. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, we're all on the same page now. That's also when we reveal who the therapist is and he fights the boys again. Yeah. Right. Yes. And beats right, right, right. <laughs> but Koka is so blinded by rage that he goes to face Kodama and Kodama's just like fucking Mark Musashi. Oh my god, he's the slick two piece where he hits Koga with his heel, and then in the next second hits him in the ankle with the front of his foot. And it's like, damn, dude. Yeah, the fights in this show are just a, a next level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they always have been. Like, I I feel like we've been consistently impressed with the battle scenes, but especially like when we're going downhill to these last few episodes it intensifies and it is so satisfying to watch there was like some plot line for a second earlier about how one of the golem what was only became a golem a couple years ago it was like this old lady that had a son and was discredited that never comes up besides saying kodama's their son yeah their son mm-hmm. um and like kodama is like really beating koga's ass because he's like not thinking straight and like even when he like armors up kodama's got him and then he like takes his own like demon armor to become momotaros and he starts beating his ass more yep <laughs> it's great like this is a good fight it was very funny to me how like the patterns on like the back of his armor were just like the same as momotaros though i was like damn yep. same dude mm-hmm. yeah um and koga reaches the boss timer and like before they must have been like last second jumping out but here it shatters yeah disengaging it mm-hmm. it shatters you've got the cgi wolf as darkness takes him as armor starts to eat him he starts to he starts to look like barago right like he gets the red eyes and like yeah. the stuff's like creeping up his neck and he's getting too much makai power or whatever it is poor kodama <laughs> <laughs> he gets stabbed and his arms get ripped off and he's dead there um Oh, he's hella dead. But uh, Ray saves Koga by hitting the button on his 
the bird just see like a jack armor button i guess i i guess i guess like yeah that whole thing I, was it, weird like hit him in the belt buckle but they i mean i guess it makes sense logically in that like if you know that you go past the timer you like lose control at least there's some way for someone to like hopefully forcefully eject you from getting turned into a horror maybe just like when you go past it's it's more vulnerable i'm not sure what the logic is there but yeah yeah right yeah yeah and that brings us to the end of the episode Ray says it vexed me to meet you because I used to look up to the title of Garo, but now I know that you're not a bad dude. Let's go to the final battle, part three, part four, where we're at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this just feels like a, a protracted fight for three episodes, which I'm okay with yeah. because it's great. Feels nice and desperate. Um, episode 24, Girl. Starts with Kaoru. She's sitting on the Black Magic casting couch with Barago and says she's not afraid of him. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> the black magic casting couch jesus <laughs> i mean is he wrong like that's pretty accurate I, I mean it is and i think that that's why it made me laugh so hard because considering what they have her dressed in which is completely anti her character up to this point yeah it's absolutely perfect it's it is it is definitely a look i will say that how do we describe where this is taking place this whole like ex- like whole last fight scene in the whole like area it w- which one because there's like three of them where barago is barago they look like they're in it looks like it's in like a theater with a stage and they've taken out all the seating that's what i'm thinking or like something like if you think about those uh when uh areas in big cities start to gentrify and they start taking those old warehouses and making those into a, like apartments. That's kind of what it reminded me of also where it was just big and open and there really wasn't like a lot to it. But you know, you look out the window and see this beautiful city around you. It was like all old school wallpaper and like fancy stuff. And like, there's a moment where like the like windows get covered by like padding. It was wild. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. They might just made it. Cause they're like, uh, Let's go for it. It looks like a big like ballroom conference room type thing. Something I'm always for is when you like go to a weird place, you're like, what's this building? And then like you like write about it or like put it in like something you're making. You're like, this is like a weird pump station. It looks cool as hell, right? I mean, this is what happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the boys start to fight Golm. And then as they're getting their ass kicked, like Ray's like, don't worry. <laughs> I'll take care of this alone. Yeah, because he's clearly been doing so well with it up to this point. Yeah, this this entire episode is should just be titled Ray Gets His Ass Beat. Over and over. Because <laughs> he just gets his ass beat so yeah. badly. And, like, Golem has its own, like, monster form, but also it's, like, kicking his ass whether or not he's transformed, whether or not she's a monster. And, yep. Um, <clears throat> there's a scene where, like, he goes to this room, he's like, Ah, my sister lover. And they keep saying lover. It's not even like it's subtext. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. They started with sister every time since it's been lover. Um, and she's just there. He's like, oh, you're here? He's like, yeah, I'm, I've am i been revived. Isn't that cool? And she's like, yeah. And then, like, Silva's telling him, this is the trick. He's like, how could this be a trick? She's warm. I'm not dumb. 
(laughs) (laughs) When he's clearly being the dumbest he's ever been, yeah. And you were across the room. You don't know shit. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I just... (laughs) He's not catch a break. He's getting his ass kicked the whole time. And there's this moment where, like, Golm hits, like, a Frieza beam on him and, like, goes (laughs) through him. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And I I honestly thought, I'm like, oh, good. They're killing Ray. Like, this is... (laughs) he, He died a heroic sacrifice and great. He stalled Golm long enough that Koga's gonna, you know, save the day, right? And Ray will die heroically, and then mm-hmm. that's not what happens. Yeah. Also, the monster form for Golm has, like, this cool chakram that just turns into, like, a hula hoop that tases him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of neat. I like it, yeah. And also, the another monster form with nipples for some reason. <laughs> Very prominently. <laughs> I noticed that if I if I did have a complaint about these last couple of episodes, it would be the fact that um, the female Makai Knights, in both cases, very prominently had their tits on display, and it just felt like a little much to me. I mean, that's horrors, I guess. I guess, but I mean, it's not like you see, like, the David... Bowie fucking cod piece on any of the male Makai Knights. So I just don't see why it's necessary. Okay. Uh, we need to talk about when we get to like the most important final fight, I guess. Because there's some <laughs> scenes of incredible stuff going on. But um, yes, that's that's a good note. But um <laughs> so as is happening, um Koga <laughs> just getting like offhanded the shit kicked out of him by Barago. As, like, he's trying to set up, like, Kaoru, but, like, then Messiah gets in her and, like, um, eats him as he's falling through trippy visions. I do I do love that, like, Koga's going, like, doing 100% his best to try and, like, stop Barago. And Barago's just like, nah. He's, like, not even trying. He's just like, Koga hits him with a the sword. He just blocks and punches him in the face, sends him across <laughs> the room. Comes back to do it again. He's just like, can you stop? He's like, you're just being annoying at this point. Yeah, yeah, I like that, too. It kind of reminds me of, like, a lot of the old Jackie Chan movies, he, like, isn't as good a fighter as the people he's fighting. So he just has these long ass fight scenes where he's just like fighting the same dude for 20 minutes until Mm -hmm. he like, you Mm -hmm. feel that he wore that person down in a way. Yeah. Um, But yeah. um, So Kaoru's taking over um, now that Golem was helping Messiah, not Barago and then eats Barago. That's also when found out that Silva took the blow and that Ray is back in the fight. And Koga knocks down Golm and the boys like try and get Kaoru, but Messiah starts to like rope herself a bit. Did you know this woman? This vessel? <laughs> They're just trying to reach her and she's beating the crap out of them. And there's a great moment where like she like slices Koga, but Ray grabs him and he runs on the like balcony back just to like getting close enough to hug her. Ah uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This you know what? I, I do love this fight because like it is so polar opposite to Kaoru's character, but you can tell that Kaoru's actress is actually doing mm-hmm. the stunts, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So just seeing, like, like if you just played this out of context and you didn't know, like, you watched, like, the first five episodes and then you played this episode for someone, they'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, just, it's just Kaoru just going beast mode, beating both of their asses, like, no problem. 
I I fucking I not only love that, but I love the fact that they really let the actress just yeah. shine this entire time. Like we heard an entirely different voice tone from her, a different way of speaking. Like you saw that this girl was not just good at being Karu. Like she is a full on force to be reckoned with. And I, I really wish we could have seen more of that, like throughout the rest of the series. And this this is why I'm I'm so glad because when earlier in the series when we were talking about the actress and I saw that she was like a kung fu like wind chung like super yeah you know good practitioner and then she's just like this kind of like you know like very generic but good kind of like that female love interest character so to finally see her be able to just like okay, now I get to do my own stunts and beat the shit out of people yes. and actually look awesome doing it because she knows what she's doing. It's it's so it's such a good payoff. I love it. Yes. And, and I think that honestly, this is the first time where we've gotten at least from the ones that Kip and I have watched where we've gotten that kind of payoff from any of the female side characters. So to have it be just in such a major um, plot point just made it all the more fun, I thought. Unfortunately for like Common Rider, um, the lessened sexism also comes with the increased toy presence. So a lot of the like cooler shows don't have a lot of female writers, but the newer ones do. <laughs> and nope. yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I understand. One thing that's like very funny, like um, speaking of the actress, is that like when I looked up the like movie she was in, like in like real Hollywood movies, she was in like this one movie that's like. Oh, the legacy of Ninja. Then there's like a sequel to it. I was like, oh, what? Like, what's like the sequel about? And in the trailer, she was pregnant. And then they showed this guy with like a rope and kunai. I was like, oh, she's like the most dead you can be in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that happens. <laughs> the most dead you could be in a movie. Jesus. If you're pregnant and there's a guy that has the same weapons as the Mortal Kombat character, you're super dead. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, like you have zero chance at survival at that point. Uh. But no, um, she's been hugged by Koga. We see Kaoru come back inside of herself and take back control of her body. But Messiah is trying to come out. She's not back in control. She's back, um, not conscious, but she's like in her own brain, right? Like, or like yeah. some kind of void dimension. Um, yeah. But then <laughs> they're looking at this portal and Koga's like, oh, it's a portal into her. And just being John Malkovich carries her inside of herself. Yeah, I had assumed that it it was it was a portal to Makai, but like mm-hmm. they don't they both go through the portal, but they don't end up at the same location. I think the portal was into her inner Makai. Maybe, yeah. Like I don't know how they don't really explain like where the Makai dimension is in relativity to other places, right? Like I think he goes to the actual Makai or like. And she goes into her own Makai, if that makes sense. Like, you're her own realm. But yeah. Yep. Yes, yes. We do get a scene, though, before they're split up, where um they show all of the paintings she's ever done, and they also show one she wanted to do for the end of the book. And Kogi, like, says, I'll take this into myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little, yeah. Uh, that's all. I'll, I'll just say it's a little, and then just leave it at that, because I don't know what else to say about it. He says, swear to me that you'll paint it. And she, she goes, yeah. And he goes, this is where he goes into the true Makai. 
And that's what we see. Mm. Messiah, this naked white dragon lady who wants to find Kyra's body and find a way out. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, the way that they played that character off was really cool. Um, I wish that she had, we'd gotten to see a little bit more from her other than just being the BBEG at the end of the story. But the whole way that that was presented, just the art style and like her movements and how she defended, like everything that that night did was just amazing to watch. It's very, um, it's very like, Buddhist looking, mm-hmm. right? Like, like she has that very like, uh, Buddhist goddess type, you know, deity look to her. Yeah, with the crown and and that's what it reminded me of. Between that and like, you know, you can see the tattoos off and on here and there, just depending right. on what angle they're they're like showing of her. And I didn't, I didn't think of this until now, but yeah. like, like Hindu gods, like Buddhist gods, always have like a bajillion arms. Oh, do that? Oh, that's interesting. And that would explain all the the weird like arm hand attacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was just that character was just fucking amazing to watch. Like, I, that wouldn't be something that I imagined I would want for like a final boss fight, but they pulled it off perfectly. How she's revealed too, in that like we see the crown that looks like a giant demon cup, and there's like, oh, it's just the crown. Um, mm-hmm. he tries to fight her. Um, Koga does, and just gets wrecked. Like, can't even get near her. And then she starts like laser people in the real world to try and find Kaoru. Yeah, that was strange. Right. And like as she's walking, horrors are springing up, and the hordes are like getting down on like Koga in the next episode. But like it ends, and like he's like, I can't do anything. And then it's time for episode 25, last episode of Garo, technically, and that is Heroic Spirit. Um, mm-hmm. Koga's overwhelmed. Koga fights these hordes as Kaoru talks to her dad about painting and Ray keeps getting his ass whooped. (laughs) I will say that a fun thing for me about this, though, was in shows that we've watched previously, I have almost consistently walked away feeling kind of dissatisfied with the boss fights because it always seems like there's one very expected thing that like kind of turns the fight in the hero's favor and then it goes from there. And, you know, that's still fun to watch on some level, but the way that they kind of, like, dragged this out and made it to where it had to be, like, this cooperation of all the main characters involved to pull off the ending that they did, I thought was very satisfying to watch. Yeah. Um, I like how, like, she's so important here, too. Like, it's not just, like, she's just there. She, like, paints the wings for him. That's where he gets, like, his new form mm-hmm. like leaves the pile he's like i got wings now and then he starts to play ikaruga next to a lady's ass and that's great <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the way that they set up the camera work for that whole set of scenes was so brilliantly done but also kind of like um sexual <laughs> that just yep. uh, you you were you were like towing a line but they did it so well that like i couldn't even be mad at it like there was nothing about it that i could scream at so it was great what were you gonna do though because like she's giant right so like the the scale and perspective of course like if you're having koga be like 10 pixels on the screen of course she's gonna be giant right right right, and then from his perspective it's like okay well it is what it is right (laughs) it's a living I'm non-centrally yeah. traveling up this lady's thighs. 
because 100%. I'm totally going to kill her once I get to the other part, but just ignore everything else until then. She's trying to fly into Kaoru's body. Her feet are like like just rockets, and her like back tattoos are guns. So just like this big like schmup boss fight, just like right all along her ass. It's just like okay. It is very. <laughs> it is very uh, parodious. Let's talk about the fact that her tattoos turned into guns for a second, though. Like, that was Yeah, very, that was kind of weird. Yeah, that, that threw me off. That was very, like, American action movie. Um, so to see it in this series that up until now had, like, stuck very true to its style of fighting was strange. I, I don't hate it, but it was strange. It felt like a departure. I thought it was just, like... <laughs> the way you were describing it, David, just made you sound like a pervert in the boardroom, though. Just like, <laughs> oh, her ass has to be gigantic. It's, it's okay. Just whatever. But it was true. It was just like, it was just like, well, when we introduced this giant lady, I was like, well, you don't have to. I loved how she wasn't just a dragon. She was a lady that had some dragon parts. Right. Right. She was weird. Yeah. I mean, like, you could have gone one or one of two ways with this, right? Like, she could have became the giant lady and she has to go find Kaoru's body and that's what they ended up doing or they could have gone the way like she comes through the gate and then Koga fights her as Garo man in the in the building and then that's kind of it right like that's the less interesting thing to do Mm -hmm. so I'm glad that they just said like yeah it's like weird and skeevy but like yeah fuck it why not and honestly the way that that whole situation was handled, they honestly could have made it a lot more like pervy. Oh, 100%. But they didn't. They, you know, they they obviously just the fact that she's naked and they're fighting on her body, whatever, like there's going to be a little bit of, you know, risque here or there. But they could have made it a lot more just like uncomfortable. And they didn't. I felt like they did the whole thing just sticking with that premise just as tastefully as could be done that's the thing like she's naked but they're not like they're not like making her do like overtly sexual things it's like right it's just it's what is it like convenient nudity i guess is how you describe it <laughs> that's i mean that's a great way to describe it though it's 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 not like overly sexualized it's literally just like this is how her form appears this she is how we handle naked. it right yeah and it's just not a thing. It could have been a thing, but it wasn't. So I, I kudos to them for handling it the way they did. I think it's like 20% a thing. Like, it's not like all the way, dude, where's my car? But it's just like enough there where you're like, oh, like, let's do this weird thing about like, what is godhood? What is bodies? And also, let's just like make sure we have some nudity in the last episode of our show. Right. <laughs> um, but the whole fight scene is great because like, she just like, throwing these attacks randomly and then like he loses armor but he still has the wings for a second he flies and he gets her in the head dude that is like the 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 coolest thing is like oh he's he's propelled by the momentum he had so he's just still flying through the air even though he lost the armor yeah i i really liked that a lot that um was such a great takedown and they didn't draw it out or make it overly dramatic it's just like he found the weak point he centered on it and that's what he went for and yeah it was a very satisfying fight all around and then Kiba and the other escaping souls grab out Takogu so exhausted but Kaoru reaches out to save him 
which cool fine like they, they explain that by them both going through the the yeah the makai thing at the same time right, right. they they're in the relative same position <laughs> i guess maybe yeah plus it kind of solidifies their relationship without being overly mm-hmm. corny about it which i enjoyed it was literally just like um kind of highlighting the fact that they are friends before they're anything else and she's going to reach out to help him and vice versa so right. it was very it was cool. it was just the it was just the right amount of corn right exactly <laughs> not quite popcorn but mm. <laughs> that's my favorite punk album from 1998 i love that just right about a core you don't yeah. go full cop yeah the that long was, way that's a no effects album right yeah um Though, like, it's also, like, her, like, dream world, kind of. They've established, like, oh, this is, like, her is the sacrifices Makai world, partially. So there's, like, some amount of right, dream yeah, world that's powers. True. It works. Um, And then they get back. And this is right as, like, Gonza has helped, like, Ray beat Golem. And Gonza, like, forgets he can't lift the sword. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit, it's falling. <laughs> that was so, like, very, okay, like, 90s cartoon right there. <laughs> to just be like... <laughs> Oh no, you can't actually walk across the air. Oh shit, I can't. Drop. Okay, so like this brings up the question of can you lift soul metal if you just think you can lift soul metal? I think so. I like like I I I'd assume that that's the case because he like runs in sword no problem. She's like, "Oh, can you lift soul metal?" And he's like, "Oh wait, I forgot. I can't do that." He forgot to not believe himself. But he seen me had Yeah, exactly, right? Gonza for next Garo. Do it. <laughs> I'm here for it. That sounds like a one-off episode. Like, oh no, Master Koga's sick today. I ought to be Gara. <laughs> I need to. I need to take the Garo armor out of the the Bat Cave. Honestly, it can't be any more crazy than episode 26 was. So I'm here for it. Um, oh yeah. Uh, there's a little bit more here because like they end the episode, and it's like, oh, the portal's done. We're all good. And then I thought that we'd get like a Mortal Kombat ending, like, oh, like your souls are mine. But no, like the Kiba armor stuff says, I'm not Barago and I'm not this dude. I'm Kiba. And they're like, okay. Right. We've we've merged into some third being. He attacks them, but they can't transform. So they like Koga throws Zaruba into the like ring portal to like get him the armor later. And like the Portal right. becomes a giant ring, and they're fighting on it. And you said like all bayonetta style, right, David? I I said I was I immediately I was like, this is the most bayonetta ass fight I've ever seen, and this predates bayonetta by like a while. I think I don't think bayonetta was out in 06. The original one, anyway. Probably nearby, but yeah. Um, they're on this ring. They're fighting. Then they like lodge in a building and fight, and Ray shows up. But then they're like on this ring as it's like rolling down the street like it bounces and rolls and it hits like a liner and explodes yep bayonetta came out three years after this show so i'm saying uh hideki kamiya you're a hack fraud you stole this from garo um you heard it here first yep i mean like if you played bayonetta you know 100,000 percent exactly what i'm talking about that opening sequence to Bayonetta 1 where you're fighting on the falling church in the first like 10 minutes of the game is like exactly this sequence. For all we know, it's like a sequence from like Saint Seiya in like 86 though, you know? And I know for a fact Hideki Kamiya loves Common Rider, so he's definitely seen Garo. <laughs> I mean, it all fits. 
after the ship has exploded, Zaruba now brings the Garo armor, but it's led by cherubs and has a cape now. And he has the power of all the previous Garos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looks fucking sick. The cape, the cape completes the look. And Koga kills Kiba. And then Zaruba dies. Everyone's sad. Big fight scene's over. Time to end the show. Yep. And Koga's like, I'm going north. I was like, I'm going to Italy for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what you do. I guess, but like, come on, chick. Like, your whole life up to this point has been (laughs) Garo, so now you're suddenly going to school? Okay, I mean, whatever. I mean, after that ordeal, I figure, like, she deserves a little bit of a vacation, no? Yeah, she's probably just like, you know what? I've dealt with it, and he's cute, but I'm not doing this shit anymore. She's seen Roman Holiday. Yeah, I mean, she knows what her life is if she doesn't get out now. Yeah, um, and then um, Ray gifts a new, um, like, Makai ring that has no memories to Koga. And he says, oh, your name will be Zaruba. It, it's the name of a friend who would even go to Makai with me. And then Ray says, then I'm Zaruba, too. I'm a little bit of a Zaruba myself. i i really learned to appreciate ray in these last few episodes because like underneath it all he's actually kind of a funny guy and it's Mm -hmm. i'm I'm glad he was around like he did have some very problematic tendencies but he ended up being okay in the end so not mad at him for uh you know how big of a fuck head he was up until this point I am glad that I made the prediction that he would not get another sister by the end of this series, and it turned out to be true. Yes, yes, you did very well on that. He killed three sisters. That's out of my system. Damn. Good. Mm-hmm. Yep. He screams to me, like, okay, after getting beat up these past four episodes, I realized I'd like to be more of a piccolo than a sister fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you be both? <laughs> well, at least piccolo has... No sisters, so I need to know that, but... I don't think there's female Namekians, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, they just uh, drink water and like plushies. Oh, I know. The episode ends with pieces from the other episodes. Oh, no, first, actually, um, Koga gets a present from Kaoru and says, it's too embarrassing, wait till until you've left. And then he just, like, bows to her and says she's a good artist and leaves. And then Koga opens the book. <laughs> <laughs> Koga opens the book and starts crying because he can't read. <laughs> you have to assume that that's the reason since I never actually yeah. show you what she gave show you what's him in the book. Yeah. Gonzo, what do these pictures say? <laughs> Sir, there's no words on that page. It's just literally you fighting a horror. Oh, I thought there were words. My bad. And Kaoru says something like, oh, this wasn't the end. This is just the end. And the screen says, end of the chapter of the Dark Knight. But there's a stinger as Koga's in the north in the snow. And then Zaruba sets mm-hmm. the evil presence. Mm-hmm. Series ends as he turns around to face it. Da-da-da. That's Garo. Yeah. That's Garo. Mm-hmm. Garo's good. I it's probably my favorite series that we've watched so far. I mean, I have so few complaints about him, and most of them are stuff that's like kind of redundant when it comes to the other shows we've watched. So yeah, I this one was definitely one of the most satisfying series we've ever watched. Mm-hmm. for sure no um this was a like a uh, blank spot for me like i think i'd watched the first couple episodes two or three times across like the year since like the show's been out 
but um liked it i um did like how it was clearly going through some production changes there were definitely like chunks of like our watch where like we just were like seems like they're trying something else and there's like this like weird dark patch but also it like changes up and like i just like how it felt like it was a changing show as it went mm-hmm. i'm glad they um had like a stinger for next time like i know it takes them a couple years to do more stuff but like there's like three or four movies or specials that lead up to the next series which is the same cast so that's like cool to look at oh awesome let's talk about though uh what some of the wikis have next to Garo and some don't. <laughs> some call it episode 26. So real wikis and fake wikis is what you're telling me. Yeah, because there's no way this is real. I think I like read somewhere this is between episode 24 and 25. That makes no sense at all. <laughs> no, nope. it doesn't fit in with the timeline at all. Well, actually, it does because it says like this is a dream Kaoru had. So like realistically, you can kind of put it anywhere after all the characters have kind of shown up. Yeah, I guess. I probably put it before the mermaid episode with like the like fingers and hands and blood. Cause that's when she finds out and they hint she doesn't know about the thing. Mm. Yeah. Sadly, the wikis of special features that aren't included on certain Blu-rays and like haven't been released for years don't know the placement for this kind of stuff. But understandable. So the show ended in March. The special comes out in October. So like seven months later, randomly, maybe to celebrate like the Blu-ray or something or like a DVD. I bet you it's probably scheduling issues because they actually got like the dude from Jam Project to, to like show up in person, right? No yeah. Koga though. Yeah, busy, I guess. Uh. <laughs> he might have been doing another drama. I I bet you is probably what was actually happening. Well, that and I mean, he already had that amazing drawing to represent him. So did he really need to be <laughs> oh, there? What? <laughs> Wait, we gotta do like we gotta do like a play by play of this episode because yeah wow I I feel like we have to yeah because it's so just wacky and out of left field even for a show that kind of tended towards silliness in some aspects anyway but yeah we start in a black box on a stage as Kauru wakes up and says everyone lives in a canvas she sees this is a weird world where am i why am i here and also this sub is different we've been using a sub from a group that i think made it when the blu-rays became available in like 2017 this is a very 2000 sub there's lots of stuff where she's like gonza like and like every time they have the like oh like gonza san gonza san just like that kind of stuff but um mm-hmm. she meets an all-white gonza but it's not gonza it's the god that lives in her inner makai world and then she looks at some paintings and then finds empty frame. And she's like more childlike, like kind of like the like clown episode where she's like, I want to go back. The way this is made, there's no crowd here. It just like feels like in 2006, they also had COVID really quick. And they're just like, oh, like, what can we do with no people? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really weird because it kind of looks to me like. um, What was it like 10, 20 years ago? when PBS, like, didn't have a whole lot of scheduling, so they would air, like, these just live uh, theater productions of things that weren't filmed very well and, like, didn't have a a stand-up cast or anything. That's what it reminded me of, just, like, something you'd watch if you literally couldn't tune into anything else. No, yeah. Um, 
I'm not sure like who even knows about the special, honestly, because it is just weird and has no bearing really. But um, she's told because she has made a thousand paintings like how when Koga got Goten, she can learn to to get the Makai pencil, the golden pencil and mm-hmm. the magical what is it? Yeah, the gold pencil. Yeah, so bizarre. And she'll get it if she solves her ordeal to meet someone that loves her paintings with all his heart. Yeah, and how she didn't realize where this was going, it's just beyond me. Like, she's never had anybody else come up to her and say, oh, that's a really great painting. It shouldn't have lasted that long. Yeah, um, but first, she meets Koga, and she's like, oh, Koga. Wait, you're not Koga. <laughs> you're a drawing of Koga. And there's, like, the stage hand, like, in all black, just, like, wearing this, like, caricature of him and just, like, oh, oh, I love you, I love you. She's like, sorry, but you're not hot enough. And he's like, please, I love you. <gasps> she literally was just like, I liked him better when he was antisocial. Yeah, it's, like, it's pretty fucking funny, not gonna lie. There's this point where she's, like, stabbing him with her pen, and he's like, ow, ow, ooh. Ow, ow, ooh. Do it again. Do it again. One more, one more time, please. And then she runs away off stage and runs back on stage. She falls while she's running and loses her pencil. And then her friend's there. She's like, I've, I've been in the show the whole time. Is, is this golden axe yours? She's like, no, I had a pencil. Is this a golden pencil yours? <laughs> yes, it's a pencil. Are you talking about Asami? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And cool to hear back, but it's just like a fable that's bigger in Japan, I guess. I don't know weird as fuck yeah just it's 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 based off that fable you know like i'm sure you've played i'm sure you've played zelda where you know you throw the thing into the uh the water and the fairy comes back and it's like hey did you drop this and you're supposed to say like no it's not mine she's like i don't care i'll give it back to you right like it's that fable but it's like weirdly expanded to her friend being the goddess of whatever right just the whole presentation of it was really bizarre but to just have asami pop up out of nowhere we haven't seen anything from this chick in like 20 episodes now so i I, took me a whole minute to realize who she was and like what this was supposed to represent so yeah it was just it was weird like the whole thing was weird but this was especially weird for me well, to connect back to uh, something we were talking about like earlier, she's about to premiere as uh, the Yellow Ranger in Geki Ranger, which premieres like a month after this. So maybe I just want her back. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Uh, honest heart. She punches fast. She's got a cheetah prince, you know. Nice. Mm. That's a good ass Sentai show for how weird it is. But no, um, f- for Kaoru, though, she hasn't learned this uh, one legend which is like oh yeah this pencil's definitely mine and then she like tries to grab it but the guy's like no you're not honest nope <laughs> she's, like, she's like you're lying you lying bitch yeah it, it, the whole thing was bizarre but that was especially bizarre i think oh i think the especially bizarre thing is yet to come yes uh, okay yeah that's that's fair <laughs> one of the like low-key funniest bits though is like how the goddess that's her friend just like steps down like she's Austin Powers and like escapes. <laughs> she's going down the stairs. I still say we need to do Austin Powers. Austin Powers is a good one. Um, 
Austin Powers, our uh, Christmas special right there. But no, um, then she meets Carrie Bear and Rose. They're just like, hey, we're actually 10 and 12 and enjoying hanging out some treats. And then she's like, oh, I didn't know Koga was a big old pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I didn't know he he was. He's a fucking pedo. She, she literally says, I knew he didn't like women, but is this why he didn't like women? And I was like, good God. Like, what a, a conclusion to jump to. Yeah, not like they're like young witches or like weird vampires. Like, oh, that's why he hasn't just like just wrecked my shit open. He's just like a pedophile. <laughs> oh, he's a lollipop. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, it, ugh, it, it was just so gross. But so strangely, just hilariously satisfying. I, I couldn't be mad at it. I wasn't in favor of it, but I couldn't be mad at it either. I remember how mad people were like a year or two ago when there was some like Funimation sub of a show where they didn't use the word lolly; they used pedophile, and people were like, "What? No!" <laughs> it's like, yes, dude. I'm. It's it's true. I mean, I hate to be that person, but how big of a distinction is that to make? None. Apparently, to some people, very large. I mean, yeah, to pedophiles, very large. <laughs> I guess, but just from I, I haven't watched anything, Lolly, so I, I don't know. I'm not speaking from a place of expertise here, but just from everything that I've seen on forums, it's really not a big jump to make. So I don't know why that would be controversial. I mean, there's there's the joke about like every time you 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 explain, um what the difference is between a lolly and a pedophile just makes you seem like a pedophile. (laughs) I didn't know that, but I am happy to know it. (laughs) Right. The longer and longer you explain the difference, (laughs) the more you just look like a pedophile. My shirt that says it's perfectly natural to be attracted to a 14 year old is why are you running away? It's just like those memes I always say where they're like, well, no, canonically, she's 500 years old. She just appears like a 14-year-old. And I'm like, do you still not see why that's problematic? (laughs) Like, honestly, that shouldn't be a debate. And that's when Mark Musashi shows up. Oh, my God. This is where I lost my fucking (laughs) shit. It was so goddamn funny. What's he even saying here? He's just like talking about like having no lines being pent up and then like the director. She she she's like, Who the fuck are you? Are you like their their <laughs> father or something? He's like, Do I look like their father? He's like, I'm not even fucking I mean he's like, I'm fucking half Japanese. Are you stupid? Like it's like usually I don't get any lines because you know I'm just kind of a quiet character. So I really, really want to say stuff in this special. Exactly. And I love the fact that the entire time he's like speaking English and they're like translating <laughs> yes. it into the Japanese subtitles because it's such a role reversal from everything we've seen up to this point. But just the fact that he not only does that, but he does it in such a like silly, fun way. I I couldn't help but like fall in love with that character to a degree that I hadn't throughout the actual episodes of the show. The funniest fucking part of that whole skit is the goddamn yes, thing yes. Kaoru says afterward, and it fucking killed me it was so fucking funny especially dating someone who is from the kansai area it fucking killed me it's like 12 56 in the morning and i'm dying laughing in my room 
like oh my god because like fuck. she hears all this english she's like oh he has a kansai accent and i know that there's like oh like you have this kind of accent and let's kind of think like what's like the like s- that stereotype for like that region i'd i'd love to know because i was very confused by that comment i assumed it was something funny but i i don't know enough about the, the kansai kansai accent is like like tokyo is very like robotic and stiff and very straightforward where like Kansai is more like a little bit like more boisterous and laid back a little bit. You're like a, like a much more friendly accent. So it, he's he's like English people usually come off as like Kansai people like th- just because of the way we talk. Like we're very emotive. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he just does this whole fucking rant in English, not even in Japanese, in English. And she goes, why is he speaking with a Kansai accent? Just fucking killed me. It was funny as fuck. Okay, that's a lot funnier in context, because like I said, I didn't understand it before, but your explanation does, like, I get where she's coming from now, so yeah, that does make it a hell of a lot more funny. But like, they don't even address that he's speaking English, which is super (laughs) fucking funny, because like, the joke doesn't make sense unless he's speaking Kansai Ben. And they just say he's speaking Kansai Ben anyway. Like, she just 100% understood what the fuck he said. Well, it's even funnier because after that, doesn't she double down on it? Like, when the girls start speaking English, she's just like, ugh. You know what? I didn't look at it. I didn't look at it, but I, I should have looked at the subtitles because I wonder if they subtitled Mark Musashi with a Kansai accent. <laughs> and that's the joke. It's like an Austin Powers, like, subtitle joke. I I would love that if it was, like, so meta that it was... Obviously, people like me who don't speak Japanese aren't going to understand, but just the idea that they made that joke so deep for people who do, I I would love that. I I hope that that's exactly what they did. Oh, God, it was so fucking funny. I'm used to, like, um, when I hear English in something that's, like, speaking Japanese, like, there's that moment where, like, it's almost like when you, like, drink something, you're like, oh, like, I'm having some water, and it's, like, Sprite, and you're like, this is weird, like... But um, <laughs> he's like not talking because he like is used to actually like speaking English. Like he's not talking like the way a lot of people who like who source language like Japanese speak English. So I was like this moment where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, is he, like he just like could hang out in Michigan, huh? <laughs> I love it. Though I mean this this show has done a lot of really creative things, and this particular episode was kind of like a fever dream but they did like manage to throw in a lot of really good like um like winks to the audience and i appreciated that very much in the next scene um you see um kaoru meets with uh zaruba and um silva and they are um playing chess but they're dressed like they're like old like old school like fancy dandies and um silva says something like oh um oh we talk about things that are too much for your head and like i was just like nodding like oh yeah probably true (laughs) (laughs) Mm, she's like "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i get it zaruba tells silva to stop telling her stuff and then silva tries to tell her like what secrets are being like kept from her by koga and then like tries to kill her because like ray likes her yeah which i thought was very bizarre um, I loved the idea of them like having a human form and being able to communicate, but it, for Silva to just like take this sudden like psychotic jealous turn, I thought was very weird. Um, 
it was fun to watch, but it was weird as shit. The wiki says this is the first time we hear Silva imply that she has feelings for Ray. I'm like, that's not true. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, she says like something like the first appearance she has. Yeah, she's like, oh, let me watch while you pee. What? Oh, sorry. Uh, there's a horror up here. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to rule 34 that so hard. I was going to say, is there like rule 34 for Garwin? There must be, but because it did get like a, a couple animes, so definitely. Uh, but no. Um, so next scene. Um, you know I'm looking right now. I'll look right now. What's the AO3 for Gar? Let's check out that. Uh, um, Surprisingly, not that much, actually. Actually, most of the stuff I'm seeing here is just kind of like cool fan art. <laughs> mm. There's actually not that much. I'm kind of surprised. It's mostly just like pic- like cool-ass pictures of the Garo armor. Okay. Um, Sacrifice. Press the blade to your own neck and brace the darkness. It'd be Kasuda's turn. All right, cool. Sounds about right. Oh. <laughs> Called um, Konosuba, God's Blessing on this Tokusatsu fan. And I don't know what Konosuba is, but I know people are horny. Uh... Always. I mean, that's a given. Of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I We don't want to make fun of people who write fan art. However, the, but we're going to do it anyway. The fifth explicit tagged under the Garo TV show tag is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Extreme Adventures. Sick. <laughs> As it should be, yeah. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, Spawn, Helter Skelter, Devil May Cry, High School DxD, <laughs> um, Fist of the North Star. Man, this person's an idol of mine now. Um, I mean, if you're fisting the North Star, you've got to have some acclaim. Well, let's just say when you get fisted by this North Star, your head explodes. I'm, I mean, that sounds like a good time. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was up to the old heads there. Uh, but uh, so <laughs> Kamu meets her mom and her mom is like, oh, your dad loved me when he wasn't with us. Also, I'm going to die now. She's like, oh, I'm not dead. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> They really fucked with your emotions at that point. Yeah, Cowers Bob is just there to be seen and say, oh, do you love someone? I love someone. It's okay. I loved him. But then that's when we switch to Kaoru meeting her father and her younger self. And she gets the pencil from him as he says, I love your art. And that's the dream I had when I lived with Koga is how she ends this. Yeah. Which was really weird because it, it was entirely set up for Koga to be the the guy for her at the end. So to make it not only her dad, but her dad just who ignores her to go take this tiny random child off screen. It, it was strange. Yeah. We do see her drawing of his perfect place from uh, the previous episode 21. So it's like must be after the series if they like have this at this point. But yeah. Yeah, and I kind of got the idea that they were setting up that that might have been the drawing that he got. I I don't know that for a fact, but that's kind of the idea that I got, that that's the one that made him cry, and they kind of closed off the series on. But obviously, I have no way of knowing that. It's just kind of my fan theory. Yeah. 
but um, I wasn't sure what this was going to be like or how you'd all like, feel about it. So like, I'm glad you liked this one. I was like, what's this? I want to like, it's, it's not listed separately. It's weird in the best way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as much as I would have liked if like Koga and Ray like taught me how to exercise, this is good too. <laughs> now that I realize that this came. So Garo ends in March. 2006 Commodore Deno starts in January 2007 so this isn't actually that far away like these two shows as far as the mm. nope yeah not at all so like cast goes right over there huh pretty much I, like at least the monster design like I have to imagine that like the monster designer guy didn't was stop like, working you know right yeah he's just like bing bang boom like right to the next thing right I wonder like what other uh, connections there are there like Probably some with the writer from uh, this uh, next show we're looking at uh, in Changer On. But that's Garo. Uh, and I think we all left pretty good on that show. Yep. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Like Way better feeling than, than Deno coming out of Deno. Uh, Deno. And like I said, I mean, but everything that we've watched together, I've enjoyed just implicitly. But I think this is the first show where I've been just completely satisfied with the ending. I thought that the entire series was done in a really great way. Like, I don't have any overlying complaints about it. And that's really refreshing. Um, Just from what you've described, I don't think it's going to be that way for our next series. But I'm also ready for a little controversy also. So let's bring it. Let's do our uh, big three questions that we always do. and. Oh, boy. I'm going to give everybody... These can be for these chunk episodes or for the series, but top three favorite characters. Let's just do this last chunk. And then, yeah. Oh. Hard, I know. I know. Okay, so uh, I'll go ahead and start. Um, I know that I picked him for the last uh, spot that we watched, but I'm going to go with Ray again just because, excuse me, in this series, this less set of episodes he really got the chance to redeem himself in uh, a way that i thought was very cool and did it without making him into a creeper mostly um it was just him like mostly well i mean it still had like the flashback stuff with his sister which was weird but he also was able to approach karu without being a creep and and really acted like like a big brother figure for her so i enjoyed that hopefully not oh okay 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 that i fucked that up i fucked that up you're right um maybe like a um non-pervy uncle for her (laughs) god damn it yeah that's entirely on me would you say he's more like a a, like a stepbrother or He found her trapped in a washing machine. Yeah, I know. Or a uh, a non interested foster brother, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the right answer is here. God damn it! <laughs> oh, man. My non sexual stepbrother um, shirt is raising a lot of questions. My shirt should answer. <laughs> I can't continue. Uh, what is happening? <laughs> Sorry. Please continue. It's fine. No, uh, okay, so my other favorite is Zaruba. Uh, I feel like I mentioned him, like, really early on as one of my favorite characters, but for him to, like, really get the chance to 
make the heroes sacrifice for Garu was just so great to watch and to like have the actor have this genuine emotion and like the tears running down his face from losing his best friend. Like that was totally cool. I love that. Um, and I don't know if she had her name or not, but when the watchdogs all come together to make the um female ultimate form that kicks Ray's yeah, ass. Yes. Okay. So she would have to be my third favorite just because the actress who did that just fucking killed that role and really gave him a run for his money, like story wise. So I thought that was super cool. So those are my three favorites. What are you feeling, David? Um, I'm going to do like series okay. overall. Um, characters i think for me i'm gonna give third place to kodama slash mark musashi i guess like mark musashi more than kodama because kodama really doesn't say anything but like mark musashi knowing that he does all of kodama stuff he does all ray stuff in the suit like that man was working this entire series Mm -hmm. so just like props to him why is he not in more shit? He should be in more shit. I hope he's in more shit in the future. Just, like, great. Mm. Um, Number two for me over the series, I'm going to probably give it to um, Kaoru. I think she has, like, a good, satisfying arc through the entire series. Mm-hmm. And just seeing her able to kind of flex her Kung Fu in the past, like the last episode really like solidified to me that she's a character that had some range. Like, obviously it was due to possession, but you know, the actress still did the stunts and stuff. Oh, yeah, she killed mm-hmm. it. And then I guess like the, it's gotta be for me, it's gotta be Koga. Like he's, he's been such a good character and I'm glad that, like, you know, by the end of the series, he has had a character arc. He's become, like, a a softer, more socialized, like, carrying character. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the beginning, he's just like, fuck you, I'm, I got mine, I don't give a shit about anyone. To where, you know, he, like, he, like, reads the book at the end in the, in the car, and he, he's, you know, he's, like, physically, like, or not physically, like, emotionally moved. Mm-hmm. But he's still trying to keep that straight face. Like, he's, like, you know, like, trying to be old Koga. Like, it doesn't affect him. So it's it's nice to see that character have an actual arc over the story and not just end up back at square one. Yeah, I loved that. Very good take. Ooh, uh... I'm gonna say... T- number three for me is Zaruba. Just great. A lot of just... For being that, like snarky side character that he was he was pretty understated <laughs> in it and uh he kept mm-hmm. it real um number two i'm gonna say is uh gonza especially these last of the episodes the dude was just great <laughs> my hip uh-huh. like f- forgetting he can't live soul metal and then like it suddenly doesn't work anymore then it's hard but i would take cower over koga just because it feels like uh <laughs> she does a lot of interesting stuff like with a little bit like she just has like oh my family i need to learn like how to like people but she like does kind of um 
ends the series as an interesting character, despite like all the reasons she shouldn't between like being a like MacGuffin for parts of the story, but she just like, like makes it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, that's probably one of my favorite parts about this series was that they have in these shows a very bad tendency to take a, an interesting female character, as I've said before, and just kind of push that off to the side, but they really let the actress who played Kairu come into her own for these last few episodes. And I appreciated that very much. So yeah, I agree with you on there. And then of course, what was our favorites? Tokusatsu element from the this last set episode could be an effect to suit a fight. Oh gosh. So much. I guess if I had to, I'd say my favorite effect was um watching them fight on the ring flying through the city. Um, because not only did you get these really great aerial shots of just the city all around them, but they played the whole fight scene very well from the limited space that they were allegedly working on, and I thought it was super cool to watch. Um, and that's not to say it wasn't hard to pick a favorite fight scene out of all these, because they did the battle so fucking well, it's ridiculous, but that's my favorite, I think. For me, just getting uh, when Koga becomes like winged Gato. That yes. that suit just looks so goddamn cool. It's it's uh, it's hard for me because like the an- the the suit with the angel wings and then the suit with the cape at the end after he kills Kiba are like they're different, but they're both in that they they trend in that same area. And I'm like, oh god, they just both look so cool. So like for me, it's mm-hmm. I think it's like the two final forms of uh of I guess Garo the the suit itself. Yeah, no, they were both just so cool, and like, I like how they weren't that different. They were just like modifications for the no. moment, right? Um, hmm. that ring fight is great. Um, it's just so <laughs> long and cool, and there's all these little moments. Like, I like how it's ridiculous to the degree they were just like <laughs> having their arms get broken every fight for five episodes. They're just going to be beat up and stabbed. <laughs> but I liked how they made the like final like marathon, like a marathon. It's just fight, 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 fight. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. And then of course, it's everybody's favorite outfit. Uh, let's do one from these last and this like one from overall. How's that? Sounds good. Okay, sure. I know what my outfit is from, from this set of episodes, go for it, David. Th- this this outfit is is Kaoru's like final long dressy outfit. Like that outfit looks good, and then she whips their ass in it. It's just it look it's a good it's a good costume. Mm-hmm. Given that I've already mentioned the other Garo suits as like my my bit of tokusatsu that I think is pretty. Good. <laughs> Otherwise, they would be on this list as well. Uh, what are you feeling, Steph? It's so tough because I feel like we got so many great ones in these last few episodes. Um, the one that really stuck with me, though, as odd as it sounds, is the um, the suit from The Dark Knight. And I know it's not anything overly elaborate. It's actually kind of a simple suit. But it just, it to me, like, if I was going to imagine this character before they saw, they showed him on screen, it was exactly what I would have imagined. Like, his entire suit was perfect. 
it fit into just my ideas of what this kind of night would look like. So I just I enjoyed the hell out of that. Probably my favorite one overall, though, if I have to judge them, which is tough to do, would be um, Garo after Karu did the painting and like put him in that angel suit. And that is by far out of any suit my favorite one ever just because it just looked so badass with him flying through the air and like has his sword out and he's about to deliver justice like everything about that was absolute perfection i think barago didn't have great fashion i'm gonna say like he didn't really rock it but i think that golem had a pretty good outfit Mm -hmm. in the human form oh yeah but the very black and pink gothic lolita looking thing yeah and you know what if you're an adult woman that's like dressed like that that's fine just don't be not um don't be not an adult don't have feet that's my platform um i mean we already discovered with our discussion on what happened to the crabs that you really need to not focus on feet anyway because that gets you in trouble so yeah i think that's good advice (laughs) no yeah uh watch for those crabs and i guess for the whole show the best outfit though it's hard not to pick it's hard not to pick koga (laughs) as dumb as he looks yeah it's really grown on me i I don't care what anyone says he's the coolest motherfucker and that's okay with me yeah i'm the same like i hate to pick like the main people for any of the series we watch but you know sometimes you got to give them the credit because they've knocked it out of the park so it's just like it's weird because i assume that it's like a uniform type thing because like his dad wore a similar uniform he wears the same one barago has like essentially the same thing but it's black like it is leather like fucking armor with giant white trench coat is definitely a look and it is cool as hell oh yeah absolutely like you can't touch his fashion game through this entire series and no one can convince me otherwise yeah uh though like ray's whole like mesh pockets on his shirt or whatever he's got going on is very funny to me Ray just gives me like mall ninja vibes so bad and I can't yes. help but not laugh every time I see him on screen. Like I I think that the actor who played his character did a really great job, but there's just something about the vibe they're going for with his character that I'm always just like I can't take this guy seriously. Yeah, like he looks like he like explains to you that you can like dip your french fries in like a frosty and also that like he's got a problem with him (laughs) yeah 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 and then you know he may or may not like molest those fries in the interim so you have to be really careful about your fries around him he eats fries in a way that he thinks implies he's good at oral sex right but his (laughs) sister is just sitting there like you're this isn't your strong point i don't know why you keep bragging about it ray feels like the dude in high school who would tell you about his niche emo core band (laughs) And why all popular music sucks. It's, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Ray's like the dude in high school who you're nice to one time. So like he shows he, you like some like low punny like fan art or whatever. He is in love say. with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it oh, accuses you of only liking Chad's because you don't agree to go out with a date on him. 
Yeah. Because that's one of the horny Pokemons, right? But yeah. Yep. Right. Uh, anyway. Yeah, his name's Ray. Uh, yeah. Sorry, wait, I was answering Steph's question, <laughs> not yours. No, we, did, we had some cross-collaboration okay. there. Yeah. But yes, you are also correct. But no. Uh, now they just, like, beat the shit out of Ray some more. He has it coming. He he did. Yeah, his sister asked us to. I really want to see what they do about... They're probably going to give this man a love interest if there's a next show, and I want to see how that works. Uh, But I'm sure it will stay embarrassing. Lest we forget, Clueless did this exact same thing back in the 90s with Alicia Silverstone and Paul Rudd. So let's not just pretend like this is a problem in this series specifically. Like, this has happened before, where someone fell in love with their quote-unquote step-sibling, and that's how we ended the movie. So, you know, ease up on Ray a little bit. Ah, no. Or don't. I don't care. I'm just saying it's happened before. Yeah, but did did Paul Rudd did Paul Rudd dress as like a rejected emo kid though? I mean, I kind of feel like that was the default in the nineties, but I'd have Fair to enough. watch okay, the movie yeah, again yeah. to really confirm, yeah. You have like Ray and he won't pick up his like tray at summer camp. He's like, uh it's Paul Rudd style. But uh <laughs> Oh God! I have to go be Ant Man now. Jeez. Uh, so Ray, um, like, 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 clip you send in to our like dating show is just the scene from Mac and Me where you're getting pushed off the ledge. And he's like, "Yeah, that's my best angle." What do you want? But uh, I'm excited for next time, everybody, because uh, the first six episode of like Change Your we'll treat it like a test, and maybe we'll just like go on because there's a a lot more Garo for this cast as far as like what they do. And even then there's like post stuff, but 1996 series, uh, interesting legacy of this writing team. But, um, for now though, where can we find everybody? Steph, where can we find you when you're not talking about Tokusatsu? (laughs) You can find me on www.arcademilitia.com. I will admit that we haven't released our newest episode and it is entirely my fault. So please don't blame Jackie. Um, I kind of had a bit of a mental health spiral for a while. Thanks to my job. Um, once again, thank you, my job. Um, but we are going to get back on track and, um, we've got some exciting ideas coming up. And I actually, as we were speaking, pitched the idea of immortality to Jackie. Um, so hopefully we can get that together soon and maybe have Kip and Allie on with us. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. David, when you're talking more about big old ladies and their, their big old lady parts. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Wings and things. Yep. Yeah. Wings and things. Yeah. Where do you get fresh uh, with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you can find me and my big ladies at the Tokyo Fresh Podcast. Um, it's on Instagram. We Jeff, actually relax. recently started. <laughs> do you need a minute? Yes, he does. I'm just imagining you like introducing like you're like your co-hosts would be like, oh, it with me is uh, my big lady tinnitus. <laughs> Which is it's a great way to introduce your co-hosts. Even funnier if it's like a, a male co-host and you just be like, this is my female. 
he's 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 a he's a very slim black man with a large afro like actually not even joking like he is <laughs> here's my big lady <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. but uh yeah no uh recently we last two weeks we've started streaming the episodes on youtube so if people nice. want to see a video format version of our podcast you can do that um we're just kind of like working it out because we're going to start the third season or the third season, the fourth season of the show um, starting in November. So we're going to have a little bit of like a uh, not like a paradigm shift, but, you know, the the theme is going to change a little bit. You know, we're going to we're going to work on some new stuff. And video is one of those things that we wanted to get back into. So up until November, we're just kind of running these as test streams. And very cool. We'll see where it goes once yeah, November starts. Awesome. Uh you could find uh, me on Twitter.com at James Forge. You can find the podcast at Comrade on social media. There is Comrade.com for episodes and articles. Uh, go to uh, slash episodes for links out to different platforms. Uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts where you can rate and review. There is a slash merch for links out to our merch uh, with all proceeds going currently to a uh, trans lifeline. Maybe radio now. I don't know. But, but uh... <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. I'm not making a shirt with Sister Lover on it. I'm sorry. I, I will absolutely throw something together in mess paint and hand it your way. <laughs> Don't step to my sister. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be something like a Sister Fuckers Unite or something like that. I, I don't know. I'll find some way to keep it like PG-13. Is, is the word Sister Fuckers PG-13 in your world? <laughs> I mean, it. you should hear what I say on a normal basis at work. No way. <laughs> well, when in Texas... Uh well Exactly. Please send in questions or comments to podcast at Um and yeah. Final, 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 final lessons we've learned from Garo. I think the only thing that I want to say is uh Raphael, Jesse, and Antiopod. I'm sorry, I'm probably not saying that right, but thank you so much for engaging with us and uh especially for Antiopod, who said, I really love the show. I think that that's fantastic. I love the extra support. And you guys just please keep sending us things to make us think because I really appreciate that. Yeah. And maybe we'll like drop in on some of those suggestions in like a shorter form. Like, oh, like here's like a little like three or four episodes of like this just to try it out, like without committing the longer book club format to it yeah hell yeah i love that idea and i love when mm. people send suggestions just for that reason because i'm not familiar with any of this so when you guys say things i'm just like hell yeah i want to check that out let's do it uh, and i guess lessons learned i guess hmm. don't fuck your sister <laughs> that's true yeah there, there you I think go that's my biggest lesson just just don't do that i mean I, you can do most things, and I'm not going to judge you for them, but yeah, just don't do that. I think, <laughs> along with don't fucking your sister, you should learn how to read. That's mm, also a very important mm. lesson, yes. The problem is, at a certain point, I'm just, like, being mean, I think. Uh, so I should have another lesson. <laughs> don't wait. Love now. Don't go to Italy. Your sister. <laughs> if you love someone give him a pencil 
There you go. Nailed it. Oh. Hopefully there's no sisters for this next show. That's my hope. Same. <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that there can't be sisters. It's just don't fuck your sister. You can't want to bone them. <laughs> don't hate the sister, hate the game. <laughs> yep. I think that's the real lesson in all of this. <laughs>